0: This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by MAC Weldon, a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code GOG at checkout. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason Filippo And I'm Brian Schillmeister. Hello, Jason. You're here now. I am. I am in Los Angeles. <laughs> and I swear to God, the amount of Priuses on the road has tripled since I left. And now throw a bunch of birds into the mix. Good times. So this is why I always used to stay at home when I lived in L.A. And now I'll probably be doing the same again. All right. Well, you were busy
1: driving across country, and I was busy dealing with the healthcare industry. Listen up, Silicon Valley. You want to disrupt something? You want to be useful? You want to stop with these stupid scooters and actually do something that matters? Disrupt the damn healthcare industry.
0: Having fun with that?
1: No. No, not at all. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I'm very happy and, and I'm grateful. My father is fine. He is not under um, any threat of death or anything. He's he's there. He's 100% there mentally, but he is uh, in need of physical therapy and he's not mobile. And according to the healthcare industry, he is not doing well enough to stay in a facility and he's not doing poorly enough to stay in a facility. Nice. And let me tell you, it is impossible to get any answers out of anyone in terms of of what's covered, what isn't covered, what can happen next. It, this is all such a scam. Like, it, it, health insurance is one thing when you're young and reasonably healthy, and you're going to the doctor because you know you've got some sort of herpes or whatever, and you just go <laughs> and they give you a salve and you leave and that's that. And but when you get older, man, this is you need healthcare and stuff gets serious. And I'm only halfway kidding but i would i honestly if you're a reasonably healthy person under 50 you are better off taking the premiums that you're paying every month and buying amazon or apple stock and say to hell with it with insurance and just save that money and build up that stock because what i've learned in the last two months is healthcare providers will do nothing for you later in life and you're going to end up paying for it all out of pocket anyways so make the money and stop paying them
0: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, half the reason I'm back here in L.A. is so I can afford to pay for health insurance again because the assholes who fired me took away my health care. (laughs) So I that was the thing. It's like I did the math on I'm like, I can't afford to live where I was living and get health care at the same time. So surprise, surprise. But when I when I broke my leg a couple of years ago and I broke it in the wrong state, my (laughs) health care was in California and I broke it in Illinois and they would not pay for physical therapy in Illinois. So. For the rest of my life, I'm going to walk funny because they screwed me on that, and I couldn't afford to do it myself. Thanks, yeah. health insurance companies.
1: <laughs> yep. So this is the, that's the world I've been living in for the past, uh, well, basically almost two months, but definitely the last week. It's been crazy. And, and my wife, bless her Canadian heart, dropped this line on me yesterday because <laughs> we continue to go back and forth about moving to Toronto, staying here, how long, whatever. And she basically just said, would you rather be warm and dead in Los Angeles or be alive and cold in Toronto? Because, you know, Canadians actually have healthcare that takes care of their people.
0: Yeah, it's a choice to make. Yeah, it is. And And they don't have birds in Toronto, so.
1: Not yet. So, not and yet. if they do, they will be regulated because Canadians are big on that. Uh, I was going to do some more ranting here, but I'm not going to because this isn't a show about healthcare, damn it. So, uh, <laughs> but big thank you to everyone who sent us stories this week because, uh, Jason and I were both otherwise occupied, um, and didn't have the time to put into our normal, uh, story gathering and reading process. So we will muddle through a show as best we could and we really appreciate the help this week.
0: Yeah, we'll be back in, back in the saddle next week for sure. Once I get settled in here and Brian's not dealing with as much healthcare stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've seen like zero. I didn't even read the news for the past week since we recorded last. I haven't opened any news period. So it's been kind of tough to get back in the saddle here. So <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you everyone who sent us in some stories. How about a little follow up?
1: Well, uh one of the main topics of stories that people were sending us was the uh, great scooter debacle that's currently taking place up in San Francisco. And I got to say, once again, once again, the grumpy old geeks were way ahead of the mainstream media on this. You've been listening to be crap on these people and scream and yell at them for months now. So we knew Facebook wasn't listening to your goddamn phone microphone and we knew Bird was going to be a goddamn problem.
0: And now there's three of them.
1: Yes, there's three different companies because God knows, you know, we have to do that instead of, you know, fixing something that's actually broken. Um, as scared as this first story is here from Wired as shared scooters invade cities must decide whose vehicles belong where. So yes. Because, you know, you can't just dump a bunch of uh, vehicles into a city and just kind of rely on people to do the right thing because that doesn't happen. So they are getting parked everywhere and left everywhere.
0: Uh, How are these things just not getting stolen or destroyed? Well, some of them are getting
1: destroyed. I've seen some some broken birds recently Uh, stolen. Well, they've got the GPS and a a screwdriver can take care of that. (laughs) That's true. Uh, But then why would you steal it? What are you going to do with it?
0: Repaint it and ride it around.
1: I guess so uh jl on patreon sent us an article over a tech crunch electric scooter permits will be required in san francisco so san francisco took quick action having seen what happened here in santa monica so it took a little longer here in santa monica but they're basically you know as soon as they showed up hey guess what we're gonna have to require permits there's gonna have to be some legislation here there's gonna have to be some regulations here so they're they're on it um I particularly like the Ars Technica article title, (laughs) uh, which basically rehashes the same thing. San Francisco to scooter startups. Your customers are terrible.
0: That was a good article, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and it is the it is the big problem. The big problem is these companies are kind of just uh, putting the onus of responsibility on their users and the people that use their product. And as we know, people are horrible.
0: Brian, it's just a platform.
1: It's just a platform.
0: (laughs) It is. It is
1: literally a platform with two wheels on it. That is true. So that's what they think they're getting away with. Now, over on Slate, they had an article uh, also discussing this, and it says we cannot overstate the hazards of scooters. Now, I have a massive problem with this article because they do what I think is a false equivalency here. So this person gets into it, lays out all the same problems that everybody else is talking about and how San Francisco is starting to handle it. But then, they say, however, as many San Franciscans have pointed out, the presence of scooters is in many ways less of a nuisance and objectively less of a danger than the city's private automobiles. And basically, one person tweeted out a bunch of pictures of a car parked horribly. Because one person in a car was an asshole does not make this equivalent. You have to get a license to drive. Cars are regulated. Police patrol and ticket for infractions. How the fuck does doing whatever you want on a scooter versus someone breaking the law and getting a ticket in a car make the concept that scooters shouldn't be regulated okay? That is not the way this works.
0: I I have to agree with you. Yeah. And, you know, you you pay taxes on your car as well. You, yes, you do. You pay uh tax for on the gas, which goes to the city and the state. You pay licensing fees. All of that stuff goes. There's a kickback in there to you know pay for the streets that you drive on and things like that. And, and none of that is coming out of the the bird money.
1: No, it is not. Yeah, so it's total. That's total hack writing. That's just a joke. It's not the same
0: thing. Oh, Brian gets to crap on Slate for once. I know. It felt good. <laughs> good to hear. Now I found something over at Quartz, and it talks about where all these scooters are coming from. These are mm-hmm. apparently Chinese scooters that you can buy for a couple hundred bucks in China, but they, they overprice them here in the States. Now, the interesting thing about these is the weight limits on them. Right. I don't know if they actually say that in the bird terms of service when you go try and rent one, but they're saying that the maximum weight on these things should be about 200 pounds. And some of them, it goes up to 220. So I am not going to be getting on a bird anytime soon, because I would probably break it. And the the, yeah. <laughs> the, the point that they make is uh, the riders must not exceed a maximum weight of 200 pounds. And the average weight of a U.S. man is about 196 pounds.
1: Outside of the fact that I often see two people on one bird all the that time. That too, yep. So. Oh, man. But, you know, we're just a platform. And if you don't follow our terms of service, it's not on us, is it?
0: No, it's not. And it's the interesting thing is the company that makes these, uh, is also, uh, part of the same company that owns Segway, which is very interesting. It's Big Scooter. We're dealing with Big Scooter big, here. Big Scooter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I'm guessing, you know, they can't make these things work in China. So they're just shipping them all over here and these guys are getting them in bulk at a discount and they're probably used right. too. I'd imagine so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Austin is, is coming and cracking down. On these guys too. Uh, Jeff Donaldson, friend of the show, sent me this one. After two dockless scooter companies launch in Austin, city speeds up rule process and they're actually impounding them. So far, so Good. far they've impounded 55 scooters. So keep it going, nice. keep it going.
1: All right. Well, as you mentioned, there are a couple different companies now. Uh, Bird was obviously at least the first I was aware of, and the first that rolled out here in Santa Monica. Um, so they've done something quite clever. This is via Jay on from crook, Crooked Facebook, as I'm just going to start to refer to it <laughs> all the time. As, uh, it's a smart publicity move on Bird's part. Put yourself out there as the company that cares, and throw the other companies under the bus. Uh, the CEO of Bird has released a Save Our Sidewalks pledge that the company realizes that they're causing a problem, and they've set up three points of to be followed by and. <laughs> cleverly enough, he says, I've signed it. How about you other scooter companies? So a little good PR for himself there.
0: Yeah, so Lime Bike, Ofo, Mobike, mm-hmm. and Jump are the other ones that he's calling out. And so far, nobody has signed.
1: No, nobody has signed. Just Travis. So thanks, Travis. That does absolutely nothing except gets your
0: own brand out there and makes you look good. Yeah, we'll see if anybody else gives a shit. Probably not. Uh, we talked about Tim Cook and, uh, you know, how... We, I was worried personally as they were talking about um, making their own chips for all of their machines. Apple is making all of their chips for all their own machines going forward. And we talked about, you know, the inevitable merge of iOS and macOS. Now we don't want that. And Tim Cook has at least come out and said, yeah, yeah, we're probably not going to do that because that's not what the people want. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for at least coming out and saying that. So everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. macOS will stick around. You have a case study to look at. Windows 8. That's all you need to know
1: the news we've talked a bit about ubi before and uh finland was running an experiment which they have now decided to end unfortunately uh but as many have pointed out it was never a true universal basic income experiment we need to have one of those badly we need to see how this is going to work because uh yeah basically contrary to universal basic income which advocates say should apply to all citizens regardless of background finland's trial is targeting people in long-term unemployment so it is basically just you know social security really or or unemployment uh, that's all it was
0: yeah and it wasn't a huge amount of money either it, it was only no, like you know no, 550 was... euros i believe or something something close to that yeah, but yeah, and then they pulled it, and they're just gonna say go. They're gonna go back to trying different types of social security type of experiments. But yeah, it wasn't a true UBI experiment. That's nope. not enough. If so. it's not enough to live on, it's not universal basic income, you know. Well, and if it's not universal, it's true. that's true. Exactly, that get exactly. Well, that was the point. <laughs> it's in the name. Yeah, they people. were getting ready to roll it out to people who were employed to see if it actually changed anything and if they actually upped, you know, their education or used the money to do better training, but. Their funding got pulled. Yeah. So, yeah, they it, it basically wasted a bunch of money. Yep.
1: Awesome. Good job. Yeah. Now, this is probably my favorite headline, uh, certainly of the week, maybe of all time. Shady-ass Cambridge Analytica was reportedly developing a shady-ass crypto coin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, the funny thing is it was a uh, crypto coin that was supposed to be out there to protect users' data so you could use the coins to share you know, using the blockchain to help share your data where it was supposed to go and things like that. But it was pulled because the person who was running it actually left and then blew the whistle on it. So it's interesting. Uh But yeah, the, I think the, the title is better than the article for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. For sure. And uh, another really interesting article over on The Verge, kind of following up with the whole Facebook kerfuffle that's been going on, says, AI is an excuse for Facebook to keep messing up. Now, this is something you and I have kept saying. Everybody does something wrong. They throw out the term AI is going to fix it, and we never see anything get fixed.
0: And I pulled a quote from this article because I really like this. That's what's so nice about AI as an excuse. Artificial intelligence is a broad umbrella term that can include automation of all varieties, machine learning, or even more specifically, deep learning. It's not necessarily wrong to call Facebook's automatic takedown system AI, but you know that if you say artificial intelligence in front of a body of lawmakers, they'll start imagining AlphaGo or maybe offensively Skynet and C-3PO taking down the terrorist (laughs) beheading videos before anyone sees them. None of them are imagining Google search.
1: Yeah, well, that brings us back to our ongoing screaming and ranting a bit about what the definition of AI is, which we will get back to later, yes. again, because we can't seem to ever get away from this. Yeah. <laughs> now, something that uh, impacts me, and this is continuing on in the same sort of theme of what is going on with all of our data, YouTube is now being accused of collecting data on millions of kids who use the site. So they are being accused of mining personal data um, Over 20 advocacy and privacy groups have banded together to file the complaint with the FTC, claiming that the website has been collecting data of users under the age of 13, a clear violation of U.S. child protection laws. So that's the cop So basically, uh, not
0: good. It just seems like if you have a kid, don't let him on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the case. But I mean, try stopping him. You know, my kid already knows how to use an iPad. Sure, he doesn't know how to launch YouTube. And any time that we put on YouTube, it's because either my, either I or my wife is the one setting it up. But it's only a year or two away that he's going to figure right. this out.
0: So Exactly. And then, uh, you know, a few years later, even if you have parental controls, he'll figure out how to hack your parental controls or get around it. Because he's going to be smarter than you are.
1: Exactly. And hopefully he's smart enough to stay away from Snapchat. This article came via Matt B on Crooked Facebook. Uh, Teens explain the world of Snapchat's addictive streaks where friendships live or die.
0: Now, I grabbed some quotes out of here because it just really made me sad. Yeah. Katie Clark, a 13-year-old on Cape Cod, agreed that streaks are critical to keeping friendships alive. On Snapchat, streaks develop a level of friendship between people. The longer your snap streak is, the better friends you are, she explained. Um, mm. no. No. No, not really. <laughs> and it's it's it sucks that they, you know this is what they're thinking actual friendship really is because that's not what it is, you know? Yeah. Jules Spector, a 16-year-old from Brooklyn, added, I think in some weird way it makes concrete a feeling of friendship. Like, you can talk to someone every day, but a streak is physical evidence that you talk every day. No, it's not physical evidence. I'm sorry.
1: You know what I find really sad and disturbing about this is Snapchat is gamifying friendship.
0: Yeah, they absolutely that's, are. That's the, But it's not oh. real friendship. It's no. what these kids are just, they're, they're growing up with a false sense of what it means to actually have a friend. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I tell you what, uh, when you hit like 18 and you go to jail for the first time or you get busted by the cops and see if the the person on the other end of that streak is the one that comes and bails you out. That's a true friend.
1: They take your phone away so you can't keep the streak going.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. (laughs) You know, in, in the old days, you used to get a phone call. So in the future, will you get, you know, I require my tweet or I require my snap, but you know, my legally... (laughs) <laughs> court appointed snap before i get uh thrown in the who's cow right uh, it could be could be one of those things could be uh swirls are over on crooked facebook
1: sent us a link about apple and the home pod apple reportedly cuts production of home pod amid poor sales now granted apple has definitely been struggling uh to get to gain in that market uh <laughs> price price point doesn't hurt i mean I mean, it doesn't help, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah I was <laughs> it's, going it's to say. More exp-
1: it's considerably more expensive than the competitors, but uh, they do make an interesting point in this article that Apple might actually just be scaling back production ahead of unveiling a new version of the device later this year, so it's not entirely all doom and gloom, and they're definitely not giving up.
0: Oh, they're not going to give up. Well, I, well, they did give up on that, uh, <laughs> that boombox. I don't know if you remember the boombox. I had one of yeah. those. It was not a bad boombox, actually, but... Uh... Uh, they they have known to kill products, but it would be way too soon to kill this yeah. one, especially mm-hmm. in this market where it's talked to everything. And I I don't know, maybe they're just pulling back for now and yeah, trying to rejigger it because it it still doesn't do anything. They can fix a lot of this stuff in software yep. on this one. It seems like it's a pretty good hardware platform, and from what I heard, the sound is pretty good.
1: The sound is supposed to be phenomenal, but then again, we've trained an entire generation of people to listen to crap things on crappy earbuds, and they don't care.
0: True that. True that. <laughs> Now you put in an article here from Ladibble or Lad Bible as some people call it, but I prefer Ladibble. Yes. Uh, smartphones are destroying the planet even quicker than we thought. Mm-hmm. Now the, the planned obsolescence of smartphones and whenever Apple wants to give you a new one is, yeah. is, is a problem because it's to mine all the crap in a smartphone is, you know, very expensive and tedious because there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes into making a smartphone. But what other people also aren't factoring in is, Every time you click on a link, go to a website, go to an app, that's a server you're hitting. And there's a lot of servers out there now, a lot of servers. And it's just going to keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. So IT alone is going to be ramping up their carbon footprint over the next couple of years. And uh, Mm -hmm. the article basically just says, you know, recycle your old old phones if you have them. Somebody will give you money for them. I'm actually going to get rid of – I've got 10 of them sitting in a box in the garage for <laughs> nostalgia reasons. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really need them. <laughs> yeah, them.
1: you really don't want to shuffle those back to Chicago when
0: you move back. That's right. That's right. Although the pod thing was pretty nice. No weight restrictions. <laughs> uh, Ooh. Yeah. So uh, I found this one, too, which is pretty cool. It ties right into that. Apple unveils new iPhone recycling robot capable of dismantling 200 devices per hour. And his name is Daisy. Oh, yeah, there's a little there's a little video in the article of it, and uh, it's pretty cool. You know, yeah, it it just it basically rips it apart, pulls the component parts out. And so you can get all the materials that you that traditional recyclers can't and at a higher quality. And I'm just amazed that this thing hasn't existed yet. I know. So 200 iPhones an hour, they basically, I think 200 iPhones a minute are about what get, you know, bought. So maybe (laughs) they maybe they're going to make a bunch of these robots. Maybe. Yeah. Speaking of robots, engineers at Nanyang Technological Institute in Singapore have programmed uh, two state-of-the-art robotic arms to put together an Ikea chair. I could use one of these. I know you you could use that. I don't understand how people <laughs> can't put together Ikea furniture. I've been doing it since I was eight years old, and I can do it with my eyes closed. But some people just can't figure out You know? Yeah.
1: I hate putting together Ikea stuff. It's something about that little wrench thing. Drives me crazy, but uh, <laughs> I, I would invest in one of these. I actually don't do Ikea. Well, I stopped doing Ikea for a while, but uh, now that I have a kid, you you buy Ikea stuff for your kid because there's no point in getting nicer furniture.
0: That's true. I was <laughs> going to say, man, it's like I I I stopped buying Ikea in my 30s because, you know, I turned 35 and thought, oh, maybe <laughs> I should get some real furniture. Uh, but, yeah, I guess if you're still using the Ikea, maybe go buy a, a 200 thousand dollar robot because you can't follow instructions but it's pretty interesting i mean it's a fun little video it's they they sped it up so you can watch how it goes because it took them a long time to put it together but all they i mean they randomly put the pieces down and the robots figured out how to put it together it wasn't like pre-programmed it like had to figure out where the holes were and slot it all in and all that stuff it's pretty impressive piece of programming i got to give it that even if they are using it to put together an ikea chair
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, James T over on Crooked Facebook sent us a link from The Verge. Oath's new privacy policy allows it to scan your Yahoo and AOL email for targeted advertisers, which begs the question, who still has an AOL email account? I
0: know a lot of people that do. (laughs) It's sad. And, And Yahoo accounts. Oh, people. Now, the yeah. interesting thing about this is when Gmail started, that was their big you know, thing. It's like, oh, we're going mm-hmm. to read your email and we're going to give you targeted advertising. We don't keep the, the content of it. We just scan it to figure out what you would like and then we'll give you some ads. Uh, they stopped doing that back in 2017. Yeah. Uh, Because they were going for more of a corporate vibe so they could get the big corporate customers for Gmail. So they're like, ah, they don't want us reading their emails to send them ads because they're corporate clients. So they just they stopped it. Yeah. Uh, The free version still has some promoted messages, but it doesn't scan the email. The ads are targeted with other personal information that Google already has, <laughs> which is everything else. Um, yes. But it's interesting that Yahoo and AOL are going back to the the way that Google already said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. You know?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Matt Kay on Crooked Facebook sent us U.S. bans American companies from selling Chinese phone maker ZTE. The Chinese company is a top smartphone seller here in the U.S. Obviously, all your Androids. Uh, they pled guilty last year in federal court in Texas for conspiring to violate U.S. sanctions by illegally shipping U.S. goods and technology to Iran.
0: Oh, it, nice.
1: It, it paid 189 million dollars in fines and penalties. Uh it paid 890
0: a, million dollars. Oh,
1: 890 million with an additional penalty of 300 million that could be imposed. Ooh. Ooh, oopsies! <laughs> so I like this little quote there. Um, we can't trust what they <laughs> we can't trust what they are telling us is truthful. The official said, and in international commerce, truth is pretty important. <laughs> you think? Is it though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! Uh, Amazon Prime has released their numbers. We actually finally know how many people are on Amazon Prime. Over a hundred million plus. That's quite a lot.
0: That's a third of the uh, almost a third of the United States.
1: Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, uh, This article also gives us some other numbers as comparison, all of which I found interesting. HBO and Netflix both have more subscribers around the world at 142 million and 125 million, respectively. Amazon Prime, however, dwarfs many other subscription services, including Spotify, which only has 71 million users. Uh, Hulu, 17 million or 71 million for Spotify and Tinder has 3 million. There's only 3 million people on Tinder. Wow, it's crazy.
0: For all I the news that, it gets, you'd think there'd be a lot more people.
1: Oh, those maybe they just mean people that are paying. Oh, that's the free right. And yeah. then there's the paid version of Tinder. That makes more sense.
0: Okay, so, I was like, eh, that, that does yeah. seem a little bit low.
1: Yeah. And uh, for some added context, note that there are more than 1 billion pay TV subscribers worldwide across a variety of cable providers, according to data from IHS Market. So,
0: And that number is going down every day.
1: Every day. Yes, it is. Now, do you still have your MoviePass?
0: Nope. Nope. I let that one go. Remember when I, uh, when somebody stole my Amex and my, mm-hmm. and they redid my credit card? Well, that was paid for on, on my movie pass account was paid for on that credit card. So it got canceled when my credit card was stolen. So gotcha. I, I gave up on movie pass because I paid for it for three months and never saw a single movie.
1: Right. Yeah. Well that was kind of their business model, was they hope that people would pay for it and never go see movies. Unfortunately it doesn't seem to be working out that way for them. Uh movie passes finances show that it might be too good to be true. So the nine ninety five per month that allows you to see one T D two D movie per week or up to four per month at movie theaters, uh basically people are using it and they're losing money, left, right, and center.
0: Oh, go figure. You have a so, service that people use that costs money when they use it. Yes. Mm, Cause okay. they have
1: to pay the theater the full price. Right. So they are losing money every time somebody actually uses their service. Interesting business model, that one. Uh, now Business Insider reports that an external auditor has substantial doubt about the company's ability to continue, continue as a going concern. Ah, uh, so the, yeah, MoviePass does need to eventually solve the profitability problem. You think?
0: Uh, Well, remember when the CEO came out and said they were tracking all of us going to and from the theater, and then they were going to upsell us with ads on different things around the theater, because Mm -hmm. what they really wanted was a cut of concessions when somebody that's using MoviePass goes to the theater, because they were saying that MoviePass brought them to the theater, so anything that they bought while they were at the theater, they should get a cut of, and the movie theaters (laughs) just said, suck it, we're never doing that, because their, their margins are nothing already. So they're like, we're not giving you no. You're not getting any money from us. Yeah. Yep. They don't even. They but, don't even uh, want the movie pass people at the theater to begin with.
1: Not really. No. So they need to solve their profitability problem. But uh, for now, they're doing what every other goddamn company we talk about on the show seems to be doing. They rely on outside investment for funding.
0: Right. They just raise more money.
1: Yeah. Raise more money and don't need to make money. Don't need to solve the business. The, the, the obviously flawed business plan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their idea is like, oh, once we have the users, then we can pivot. And that's yeah. the way it goes. But. They might get the users, but they'll probably run out of money before they can pivot, because they should have thought of this stuff a long time ago, like maybe before they started.
1: Yes, maybe. This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by Mac Weldon a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. They started from scratch and engineered their own fabric. They made sure the design process was meticulous, so you can count on the fit being the same every time. The difference is in the details, so they obsessed over every stitch and seam until they reached their definition of perfect.
0: Since I'm back in L.A., I've got to up my fashion game, so Mac Weldon came on board to sponsor the show at the perfect time. Now, I only wear black T-shirts, as everybody knows, so I started off with their Pima Crew T-shirt in true black for day-to-day wear. You know, I've always thought of myself as a T-shirt connoisseur, but it looks like I've been slumming it. This thing is made from 100% Peruvian Pima cotton, and the, the T-shirt is amazingly soft, comfortable, but still feels like a T-shirt. I am hooked. I am totally getting a bunch of these. They are way better than the crap that I've been wearing, my $5 T-shirts. These actually look like I'm I'm an adult now. Really? Yeah, Okay. believe it or not. (laughs) I said look like an adult, not act like an adult. Gotcha. Well, talk about an advertiser
1: coming on board at the perfect time. I found myself with a bunch of holes in my socks and undies, so I got myself some new pairs of both. They are fantastic. The socks feel great, look great, and fit just right. For fans of the discreet, these no-shows stay out of sight and slip-free with smart design and built-in gel strip technology. A seamless toe and extra cushioned footbed keep things comfortable. These are great for sneakers and dress shoes. They're good for my bike rides. They're very comfortable. Uh, The underwear come in a variety of styles, including my personal preference, the boxer briefs, great for regular day wear or workouts. They fit like a glove. They've got mesh zones to keep you cool, signature no-roll waistband that won't roll up, and a stay-put leg design that prevents riding up, which I need when I'm doing my bike rides. These are fantastic, like I said, for both regular wear and my workouts. Just absolutely great. For 20% off your first order, visit macweldon.com and enter promo code GOG at checkout.
0: That's right, for 20%, 20% off your first order, that's MacWeldon.com and enter promo code GOG at checkout. You're going to love this stuff. Ups and doodads!
1: As everybody has been listening knows, I've been having a rough time of it recently, and because of that, uh, my wife gave me my early birthday present. My birthday's not until May, but uh, actually, honestly, I think it just arrived and she didn't want to find somewhere to hide it (laughs) for a month and a half. So I got a, I got an Apple Watch Series 3 that I'm wearing right now, Jason. Oh, finally. Yes, I haven't worn a watch in 15 years, so it's been a bit weird, but I've got to say I
0: quite like it. Did you get it with LTE or not?
1: Uh, it does have LTE. I'm not sure if it's worth paying for that service moving forward. I'm trying it for a month. I have not made a phone call. I don't really go without my phone anyways. So I'm not sure that that's worth it. And Verizon wants to charge at least 10 bucks extra a month for that.
0: Uh, I will tell you that everybody that I know that has one, Mm -hmm. uh, has canceled their cell subscription with it. They don't, they don't use it at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I just got the regular one because I, I wasn't gonna pay for it. Any, I didn't have the money to pay for another subscription. I'm like, I do carry my phone with me everywhere because I want to take pictures if I'm out. Yeah. And so I'm glad you have it now, though. So now we can talk about Apple Watch stuff on the on the show. Yay! Yeah, you'll have <laughs> to
1: you'll have to coach me up on things because I so far I don't really find it incredibly useful, but it is fun. I actually I do love the fitness aspect of it, the tracking, uh the the fitness app, the activity app, all of those things are fantastic. So because of that. I am finally thinking about getting rid of Argus, the fitness tracker that I have been using basically for five years now. All right. Which is nice. So I went down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out how I can leave Argus and maybe not leave my data everywhere because that's five years of my workout data. Not that I really care. Not that it really matters. But it would be nice to be able to export it, right? So I can keep it myself because when you delete your account, they state your account and your data will be gone forever. There is no way to get it back. What they don't tell you is what they do with your data. If they delete your data, I'm guessing they probably don't. I would like to find that out. You cannot find that out. And so at least exporting, I went to try to find out how to export my data and workout history. And they have a, a FAQ and they have instructions. And of course, the instructions don't work.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I followed them exactly. Uh, half the things that they say in terms of menu items do not exist as menu items, and I've tweeted them because you know, Twitter is the only customer support left in the world, and I've gotten no response. So thanks a lot, Argus.
0: Go figure. Go figure. Well, they do have an email us uh form on their support center. Have you tried emailing them yet?
1: No, that's next. But this is when I start to get so frustrated and annoyed that, like, how much time and effort am I supposed to put into this? Is it really worth it? Do I really care? I know they're going to end up coming back and saying that they delete my data, but they probably won't delete my data. And I don't really – I'm never going to do anything with the data if I get it from them anyways because who
0: cares? That's the past. Yeah, just let Whatever. it go. I love I yeah. love also here under contact us. The first link is ask the community. You click on <laughs> that and it says, sorry, the community that you're looking for has been retired and is no longer available. If you need help, please contact the company you're looking for directly. So they were using Get Satisfaction, which I'm surprised yep. is still around. <laughs> yes, yes. And then email us is just a form powered by desk.com. So yes, good luck with that. I would say dump it. You're never going to look yeah. at it again.
1: I think so too. I'm just going to delete my account and that's that.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: And so, why I waste the time?
0: No, definitely. Uh, the one thing that you should get though is SleepWatch. It's a great app that ties in with your phone and it will track your sleep at night if you wear the watch it to bed, which right. I do, and so I get really good sleep tracking and it tracks over time so you can get, you know, graphs and charts on on what what you did that night. And then it'll ask you the next day, like how, how is your sleep? And if your sleep sucks, it, cause it'll tell you, it's like, Hey, it looked like you slept really crappy last night. It'll give you a list of things to, to check to see, you know, why you slept crappy. Mine is usually too much alcohol. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's excessive pain uh, for different things. And, uh, but it, it tracks it over time and it gives you a really good graph. So you can like see, How how you're doing, and so you can adjust things. Like I got a new pillow the other night, and like I'm not really sleeping that well with it, so I might have to ditch the pillow. And so you can you know see how that see how that goes while you're asleep. Well,
1: two things on that. Uh, first, I really. Generally, don't have sleep issues. Um, the only thing that causes me to have issues is is like intense uh, stress, which I'm under right now, so that's a bit of a problem. But in general, I don't, so oh. I wouldn't really need that, gotcha. anyways. I, I, I'm a pretty good sleeper. But my major question on that is, when the hell do you charge your phone if you're wearing it while you sleep?
0: Uh, when I go to the shower, like I, go, I don't. That's
1: enough it. time to charge it for the day. Most of it, yeah,
0: yeah. Huh, sometimes, sometimes I'll do uh, you know just a little bit here or there, but yeah, for the most part, it the, the quick charging works pretty quick, so. Huh. I keep the charge. I, I haven't
1: tried that out yet, so I'll give it. A sh- I mean, I haven't timed it to see what's going. Yeah, on. Yeah, the real so.
0: trick is just to keep the charger in the bathroom. So if you're mm-hmm. going to take, you know, a copious dump, take it off and charge it. Or if you're going to take a shower, just take it off and charge it for a few minutes. And those right. those little bumps keep it going pretty much. And uh, yeah, it mine generally never runs out. I'm at sixty six percent right now, and I charged it a little bit this morning uh, when I was in the shower. Right. The fat, the seriously, the fast charging gets it like to eighty percent super quick. Awesome. Yeah. And I also don't have a lot. I don't have, I have almost zero notifications on, which you have to turn off or you'll go insane. Uh, I'll Mm -hmm. give you some pro tips for, uh, next week and we'll, uh, we'll go through and give you some real good ways to use the Apple watch.
1: Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. And speaking of Apple, <laughs> I found this article on Life Hacker and I can't believe I didn't think of this myself. We have been complaining about the stupid Apple TV remote since they rolled out the new version of the Apple TV remote. It is horrible. And I love this little, uh, this little line here. Apple, the good design company bundles its Apple TV with a pitch black and horizontally symmetrical remote. That means that if you can't find the remote in the dark, you're likely to grab it by the wrong end, grasping the touchpad and clicking the wrong button. I do this all. The damn time. So their fix, put a piece of tape on it.
0: Yeah. Um this this article's by, you know, Nick Douglas, who I can't fucking stand. And I'm sorry, but I've had a piece of tape on mine for oh, I don't know, since like a week after it came out. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been saying that since it came out. And we've covered it on the show and I've said it since it came out, but you never listened to me, so no. they have to wait for years and pointing it the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. But yes, mine mine actually broke. You can drop it. Surprisingly, if it hits right on the right way on the corner, that top mm-hmm. is glass, and it will sh- right. it will shatter. Great. So mine shattered. So I just put a piece of duct tape around it to hold it together, and I got a little hole in the bottom to charge it. And <laughs> I know now because mine I just put a piece of duct tape on it. And ever since then, I'm like, oh, just put some tape on it. It works great. But uh, apparently you have to wait for Nick fucking Douglas to write something in Crap Hacker. But that's OK. Yeah, that's the way it
1: works. Eh, no problem, man. Uh, friend of the show, Tara Tiger Brown, posted a link on her Facebook that I thought was really interesting and would have been probably for you back in the day. Incredibly useful if it had existed. Nomad list.
0: It's pretty cool. It's it cool. is pretty
1: cool. It lists all the cities. It gives it ratings and different scores on cost, internet, funds, safety, and it connects to a site about remote jobs called Remote OK. So, you know, this is for the wandering nomad in you if you wanted to just have laptop will travel. Back in the day, this would have been cool as crap. Now I'm too old.
0: Yeah. This is, this is really, yeah, I'm not going anywhere now. I just, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I love how they, they also have a safety rating at the bottom. It's like nomad score, cost, internet, fun, safety. And, uh, so Cape Town, South Africa, you don't want to go there. Uh, it's, no, it's very low on the internet and safety. So double whammy there. I like how they have the weather, which is pretty cool. So you can see what it's like right now, you know. Armenia, surprisingly high on safety, uh, medium on fun, lower on internet. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty cool. I like this a lot. Yeah,
1: I really like the, the I, I spent some time looking through the different ratings in the different cities. What I didn't really look at was the remote job thing that I'm interested in. I wonder how many jobs that are actually out there that we could uh, maybe even pick up ourselves. But my favorite part of the entire site, Jason, has to be the little hamburger menu because it's actually a hamburger.
0: Oh my god! They did use a hamburger. Nice, <laughs> very nice. Yes, I have a new Insta scam of the week. I finally found a new Woo-hoo. one. Okay, the, the Orgone Chakra Healing Pendant, which I found on Instagram. Uh They were selling it for nineteen ninety five, down from forty four ninety nine, plus three dollars and ninety five cents shipping. Now, if you go over to Amazon, you can get it for $5.49 plus $4.50 shipping.
1: What sites have you been looking at to get this targeted to you?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what I accidentally clicked on to get some chakra healing pendant action going. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I seriously don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. And Google Maps, uh, I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. They're going to start using uh, fast food restaurants as waypoints to tell you where to turn when you're going somewhere. Because street signs are too damn hard. People can't read, apparently. So yeah, uh, hang a right at the Taco Bell, hang a left at the Pizza Hut, and uh, uh after the Shakey's Pizza, your destination will be on the left.
1: <sighs> People just can't get any dumber, can they? <laughs>
0: Media Candy.
1: The Expanse is back. I've seen two episodes. Very
0: enjoyable. Oh, it's good. Yeah. We're okay. Good. I was worried after the season finale if it was going to be any mm-hmm. good. So that's yeah, not bad. I mean, I don't know exactly
1: where they're going to go with it. Two episodes in, there's no real plot line that I'm seeing. It's just a bunch of uh, you know ships chasing each other around. But uh, it's it's nice to have it back. I missed the show.
0: Okay. Well, I'll definitely uh, check it out.
1: Yeah, and uh, speaking of missing shows that are coming back, Westworld will premiere at, by the time that you hear this, so very much looking forward to that.
0: Okay. Can't wait. Okay. And
1: uh, guess what I watched, which I can't believe I watched, and even more so, I can't believe I watched it, I can't believe I like it. Okay, what is it? Lost in Space. Oh my
0: goodness, Brian. What is going on with you?
1: I really need to relax and have, and have some downtime and some wine downtime and, and wine time (laughs) (laughs) at the end. And more wine, a little bit more wine. And more wine (laughs) and just a bit more wine at the end of every night because of all the stuff I'm dealing with right now. And I've kind of just been looking for something to just put on. And I say, all right, to hell with it. I'll watch one. And I am now six episodes in. All right. I'm enjoying it far more than I thought I would. Molly Parker Posey is one fine-ass combined chick. Okay. (laughs) I love Molly Parker. She's amazing. Parker Posey has aged quite a bit, but she's still Parker Posey. What are you going to say? Yeah, seriously. And um, having said all of that, my only complaint on the show so far is that Parker Posey's character is so ridiculous. How nobody else on the show is questioning her. Or that she's evil or doesn't seem to realize that she's playing everybody. I don't, it's, it's starting to bump me because they make her so bad and everybody is so clueless about it. It's not even possible.
0: Okay. I'll check it out. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it's yeah. on my list. I definitely want to start watching. I just have had zero time. Before I left though, I did watch Wild Wild Country on Netflix. Have you, mm-hmm. have you seen that or the previews for it?
1: I have not, but I've had at least six different people say I need to watch this.
0: You know, I didn't know what it was. I heard some people talking about it. I watched the first episode and then I didn't sleep till four in the morning and watched like almost all of it. It's, it's pretty short. It's six episodes, but it is this documentary about the, uh, what's this guy's name? Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, also
1: called. Hey, wait. Maybe this is why you were getting that Instagram ad.
0: Oh, could be, could be. <laughs> um, and, uh, it had his, his assistant, uh, Ma Anand Sheila. She basically ran the operation and she's not a nice person. Not a nice person at all. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I, I don't want to say too much about it, but I highly recommend checking out the first episode because it's got a lot of, it's all, it's all historical footage and interviews with the people that were there at this uh, basically city that this cult built, Rajnish Param, in Oregon way back in the 80s. And it's amazing. It's uh, amazing. Highly recommended.
1: Okay, very cool. I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, one thing I'm going to check out, I just saw the ads this morning. Bosch Season 4 is available on Amazon Prime. i I only saying it because I every time that the new season comes out, I say, ooh, a new Bosch is out, so... Bosch season four is out. I highly recommend that show.
1: I've got to say, now that you're back in LA, you will never be surprised by these things anymore because there <laughs> there are billboards for every Amazon or Netflix or every new show everywhere in LA. That's all we advertise here. So I've been seeing Bosch uh, ads, billboards everywhere for the last month.
0: Oh, okay. Well, here's the other thing where I said at the beginning of the show, I'm staying inside. So <laughs> I will not see the billboards, but I cannot wait for that one too. So I I, I need some time off so I can go watch TV. <laughs> right. That ain't going to happen. Well, let's
1: transition now to my old man alternative music segment. I have a bunch of stories this week. Uh, apparently, we're getting some new new Cure music. Robert Smith did an interview about the upcoming Meltdown Festival and said that he's been so... um so excited about listening to new music that he started to want to write music again. So he started to do some demos. Wow. I'm very excited about that. And I just want to make a quick note to the slicing up eyeballs site, uh, slicingupeyeballs.com, which is a good source for, for this kind of music. Your text is not so precious that I should not be able to copy and paste
0: it. Oh, they're doing that crap.
1: Yes, uh, I hate that. I so it sucks for this article because anytime I want to use anything from them, I have to actually open it up. I can't just paste in the little bit I want to talk to. You're not so precious.
0: Uh, right click, uh, inspect element. It'll view source, and then you can just copy it from the source.
1: Yeah, but sometimes there's then HTML tags in there, and so. <laughs> hey,
0: anyway, <Pace>, paste <laughs> it into BB Edit. Remove HTML. Boom. There's your there's your copy.
1: Yes. And uh, speaking of The Cure, postpunk.com, another great site, has uh, the first trip to America from The Cure. You can listen to their entire first USA concert. You can see photos of Robert Smith meeting Blondie back at CBGB's. It's all pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, some good old cure stuff there. Uh, Daniel Ash and Kevin Haskins uh, as erstwhile Lovin' Rockets and Bauhaus members and have reunited as Pop Tone with uh, D- Kevin Haskins' daughter, which is a bit weird. It was a great show. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And they are set to release an album called Part-Time Punks. Unfortunately, it's not new music. It's just re-recordings of the Tones on Tail, Lovin' Rockets, and Bauhaus stuff that they've been playing on the tour. And uh, you can listen to the first re-recording of Go, probably Tones on Tail's biggest hit, uh, over, again, at slicingupeyeballs.com, but you won't be able to copy or paste any of the text. Nice. Yeah. And I listened to Bob Lefsett's podcast. Oh,
0: <laughs> I, I have since deleted it after reviewing it on the show before, because I, I got what, I got out of it what I needed to get out of it.
1: The only reason I listened to one episode of the podcast is Shirley Manson was on Ooh. Nice. And I, I've never actually listened to a long-form interview with Shirley. Um, I've, I've heard short clips. I've read interviews with her. I love her to death, and I love her even more now. Uh, this You should go back and listen to this. She is phenomenal. She is funny. She is engaging. She is uh, very opinionated, and she's pretty awesome, and she's so engaging that even having to hear Lefsis didn't ruin it for me.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'll go and check that out for sure. Do you remember her as the villain on that Terminator series that was out for a while?
1: I never actually watched the show, but I thought it was really interesting casting. I do know
0: she was on it. So. Oh, she was great on it, and that was the one with, with Summer Glau. Because I was trying, I was thinking about her the other day. There was a, a Firefly commercial on, like, so that somebody's rerunning Firefly, and I'm like, I wonder what? Whatever happened to Summer Glau? And then I was thinking about that, and then I remembered Shirley Manson was the the villain on that. She was great. She was totally great. Yeah.
1: Oh, she's pretty amazing. Uh, and I just thought this was really interesting. The Scully effect is real. Female X-Files fans are more likely to go into STEM uh, the Gina Davis Institute, one can only assume that <laughs> Gina Davis has an institute. Who knew? Uh, surveyed more than 2,000 women in the U.S. above the age of 25, a significant portion of whom were viewers of the X Files, 68%, and women who studied for or were in STEM careers, 49%. So there's not a direct correlation that they can point out, but it is an interesting pattern. So people who were into the X Files, women who were into the X Files, ended up pursuing mathematical and, uh, engineering careers.
0: See, I thought the Scully effect would be that women just still get get paid half as much as their leading man.
1: Well, there's that. Yeah. That <laughs> hasn't changed at all. No.
0: <laughs> and a while back
1: when the whole hashtag me too movement was started, we talked a little bit about it. It's not really our purview and we're not going to get too into it, but I did mention interesting how we haven't heard anything from the music industry, right? Well, wired has written an article about just that. Uh, and it's worth a read. It's interesting. It's I, Uh, There's (laughs) The article's title is Why the Music Industry Hasn't Had Its Me Too Movement, and there's no explanations or whys or anything in there at all. It's really just disheartening stories, stats uh, about the horrible people that are in the music industry, the things that we know that they've done, and apathy both from the music industry and the fans. So,
0: okay, yay. (laughs) (laughs) I I ran across this this morning, and I loved it. It's the original version of Prince's Nothing Compares to You. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. And well, I, I listened to it. I still you didn't like
1: it? it. It's all about the Sinead version. I'm Sinead sure it is. Nails that song.
0: I actually like the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's version better than b- both of those. But <laughs> uh, the cool, the cool thing about the video is it's got a bunch of uh, footage of them rehearsing back in 1984 when it was Prince and the Revolution, like in their mm-hmm. warehouse space, which I thought was kind of fun to watch. I liked it.
1: Yeah, very cool.
0: At the library. So I just took a road trip for four days across this great land of ours. I still want to know why people in Missouri, Kansas, and the middle of the country think that somebody is going to come take their guns away and invade them because nobody wants your miserable state. (laughs) Everywhere we went, people had gun shirts, and and we went to several gas stations that had uh, flyers up for concealed carry classes and things like that. It was Uh. very strange because Mm -hmm. as we're driving across this place, there was nothing there. Anyway, nobody's coming for you, people. Just calm down. Maybe get out a little bit more. I think, uh, I think that isolation is driving you a little loopy. So I grabbed some stuff for the trip because I was traveling with friend of the show, Bob Fogerty. And mm-hmm. I got Stinker Let's Loose, which was a new audiobook from Audible. And it's a full cast production. It has John Hamm, Rhea Seahorn, Paul F. Tompkins, Andy Richter, and a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And. This is hands and it's a, it's about, it's, it's kind of a takeoff on Smokey and the Bandit, Any Which Way But Loose, BJ and the Bear, and like all those things from the seventies and eighties about, you know, road life and things like that. Right. It is unbelievably filthy. It is <laughs> hilarious. And I, we were crying within the first like 20 minutes. I had to like slow down to keep the car on the road. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it's about five or six hours long. It's about closer to five hours because at the end of it, there's an hour of a live performance that they did, which kind of I thought was cheating and padding the time. Uh, Right. But if you're looking for something that's just like fun comedy audio to listen to, that you can't you cannot go wrong listening to this. It is so damn funny, and I have to start looking up uh, other stuff that this guy's made because um he's a he's a writer, he's a comedy writer. His name's Mike Sachs, Mm -hmm. and he he made up this whole thing, and it is phenomenal. I cannot recommend it enough. The trailer is on YouTube. It's linked in the show notes at GOG.show slash 256. Go check it out. It's funny mm-hmm. as hell. Nice. a
1: Stuart over on Twitter sent us a great article. Scientists accidentally create mutant enzyme that eats plastic bottles. Great. Yeah.
0: What else does it eat, though?
1: <laughs> that that. Well, Further testing is required. Okay. Uh, the breakthrough could help solve the global global plastic pollution crisis by, na- by enabling for the first time the full recycling of bottles. This was spurred by discovery in 2016 of the first bacterium that had naturally evolved to eat plastic at a waste dump in Japan. Oh, of course
0: world. it had to be in Japan. <laughs> of of course, course it did. It did.
1: Uh, next came
0: Godzilla. Godzirapi. That's what the enzyme <laughs> is. It's in Gojirapi. <laughs>
1: Yes, so the international team then tweaked that enzyme to see how it evolved, but tests show that they had inadvertently made the molecule even better and stronger at breaking down the plastics used in soft drink bottles. Great. So, kind of cool, except, you know, we got to make sure it stops eating things.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't want to pour this into the ocean to try and get <laughs> rid of the Pacific garbage patch and then find out, oh, it just also eats fish. <laughs> <You> right. <know? laughs> oh, man. Yeah.
1: So this next one, I don't remember if this made our show a year ago when when his first version came out. It probably should have. This is pretty good. This is a comedian named James Veach. I'm not sure how he pronounces his name. He did a TED Talk on replying to email scams. And this, I guess, went viral a year ago. And he's back with another round. And it is very damn funny.
0: Okay, I remember the first one. I'll have to check out this one. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. So it's good stuff. I mean, if I had
1: the time, I'd love to be doing these sorts of things. But I do not. Mm Mm-hmm. And the last one I put in for us, Jason, just as a, as a trip down memory lane when we used to have to do Select Your Country drop-down forms mm-hmm. all the time, Swaziland King has renamed his country the Kingdom of Eswatini with the E lowercase and the S uppercase. So, for all you programmers out there, time to update your Select Your Country drop-down boxes and also update any encode that insists that country names start with a capital letter.
0: on <coughs> of oh, the Week!
1: This is a strong uh, second place for my favorite headline of the week, and I don't really think we need to discuss more than the headline. A cryptocurrency startup is investing cryptocurrency in a cryptocurrency fund that invests in other cryptocurrency startups. Yep.
0: (laughs) Oh, God.
1: (laughs) All right. So it's a company called Ripple. It's associated with the digital currency XRP. Have you noticed that nobody really talks that much about digital currencies anymore? It was a huge thing, and now everybody's kind of went, yeah, that was a load of crap. Except for these people.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the, the nice thing about Ripple is we covered like a week or two ago. They're the company that gave all the money to donors choose that $25 million in one day.
1: Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate that. But is investing $25 million in one of the leading venture capital funds that specializes in blockchain related deals blockchain capital.
0: Uh, fucking <laughs> blockchain. <laughs> so this is
1: a startup funding a venture capital firm as opposed to the other way around. And it's a venture capital firm that has previously funded it. This is like a big old cryptocurrency circle jerk.
0: It is. It is a crypto jerk. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of cryptocurrencies, uh, there was a big Mm -hmm. Bitcoin heist in Iceland not too long ago. One of the people who were arrested, Sindri Thor Stefansson. Thor. They put him into a low security prison, which he Mm -hmm. then walked out of and made his way to the airport, got on a flight and left for Stockholm. (laughs) He's like, he drops the mic. and He's like, I'm out and the funny, the funny part about it is he was on the flight with uh, Iceland's prime minister. Mm. It was very nice. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> These are the guys that stole 600 bitcoin com- like miners, mining computers right. and got uh got busted. So, I thought that was pretty funny. So, here's the here's a tip. If you get arrested in Iceland, you, you could probably just still catch your flight. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Uh, Okay, so there's this guy named Justin Peters over at Slate that is doing an interesting series of articles right now. It's called Watching YouTube. So it's basically a deep dive series about YouTube itself. And this one just killed me. Uh, It's a fun read. Uh, All he's doing is basically watching YouTube YouTube and figuring out what the hell people are trying to do on YouTube. And this is... (laughs) This is, uh, YouTube taught me how to shower. Also, how to get out of bed, how to get dressed, and how to write this article. So he basically Googled everything that you do as a normal person throughout the day and tried to find a video that gave you instructions about it. And I can't believe these people are out here, that people are doing this. I I just, unbelievable. And he says, as anyone who has ever met me knows, I love showers, but I'm a self-taught shower taker. I never really had the chance to formally study the discipline. (laughs) The video I watched, How to Properly Take a Shower, broke it down into seven separate steps. This was very helpful, as my normal shower routine consists of one single step, taking a shower. Insufficient! (laughs) A proper shower, according to YouTube user Teaching Men's Fashion, involves deep cleaning, careful scrubbing, and exhorting the people watching at home to buy the skincare products for sale at the link in the video description.
0: I would love to take a shower by myself and just start talking to a sponge saying, (laughs) trying (laughs) to sell it some skincare products. (laughs)
1: Yeah. He says, I tried my best to follow the video's advice. I brought the shower to the appropriate temperature. I worked my way down my body from my head to my toes, and I moisturized after the shower ended. I didn't have the fancy skin brushes the how-to expert was using, though, so I compromised by using a fingernail scrub brush on my back and shoulders. That was probably a mistake. Still, (laughs) it was a good shower.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, this is a pretty funny series. I mean, I really don't get YouTube. I don't understand people making these videos, but then, you know, you do understand it because they're all trying to
0: sell something. Exactly. (coughs) Feedback loop. We have new Patreon subscribers, Shao W and Kevin S. And a little note about Kevin S. Kevin was my uh, neighbor in Chicago. So sorry, Kevin, that you didn't get to say goodbye to the pups, but it was a little crazy at the end there, and we just hadn't kind of skedaddled out the door. So check him out on uh, Instagram at Bam Bam Roddy if you want to see more. They're having a good time.
1: Right, and I I seem to remember somebody writing on one of our Facebook updates that uh, they refuse to sign up for Instagram and want to know how how your dogs are, so you might have to do double duty now.
0: Uh, They don't have to sign up. They can go to Instagram.com slash bam BamBamRotty and see it without signing up. Well, there you go.
1: Over at PayPal, we got uh, Steve R who's giving us a recurring donation. Uh Scott I gave us a very generous donation. Thank you so much. Uh Brian O also gave us a donation and he wrote in and said, "Guys, I'm a geeky old IT security sales guy. Yes, you can laugh now. After 22 years in the industry, I've learned a lot. Love your show. Have my 14-year-old hooked on it and have recommended it to many people. Keep up the good work and looking forward to both to you both operating out of California. We only have one issue between us Brian, go Giants." Brian O in Northern California. All right. Well, I don't mind the Giants, actually. I just can't stand Hunter Pence. He looks like an old timey Matthew McConaughey with his gigantic googly eyeballs and his stupid socks pulled all the way up to his ball sack. All right. All right. All right. Let's play some ball. <laughs> God. Ugh. I hate that guy.
0: I have no idea who these people are, but go ahead. <laughs> I know.
1: Okay. Uh, Joseph L. also gave us a donation and wrote in, hey, Brian, I hope things are perking up a bit. I don't know if you had mentioned them or are familiar with them, but if you have time and are not familiar with them, check out the band Eagles. It's a shit name, but good tunes, and it may be up your alley. I will give it a go. So thank you so much for that. Uh, and he says, sincerely, a grumpy Jew.
0: Okay. And Eagles is spelled uh, E-A-G-U-L-L-S, not Eagles yes, like in bad, like Hotel California bad. Eagles. <laughs> All right. Swirls R writes over on Crooked Facebook, five-star review, my favorite podcast. I love tech, and this podcast touches on many aspects of the industry. Things real enthusiasts can get behind like AI, Uber, bird scooters, and AI. (laughs) <laughs> These grumpy old geeks keep my attention during my long work commute and their witty banter, cynical reviews, and ability to flow between surface level and in-depth explanations of today's technology. I've also followed their suggestions on purchases for new hardware and other products. All right. Give us that 25 cents. Keep up the great work, gents. Five stars all around. We shall keep it up.
1: Thank you. Over at Twitter, Nerd Rewind says, finally saw the awful hashtag bird scooters Brian has been complaining about. They are as bad as de- as described, if not worse. Yes, I agree.
0: And this is, I think this is my favorite. We should have put this at the beginning of the show because it would have made the show so much more funny. Uh, James A. writes in, AI story headlines are funnier if you read them as containing the name Al instead of AI.
1: So, And you can call me Al.
0: Oh, God. I do like that that song. That was a good song. Back in the day. Back (laughs) in the day.
1: Yes. Uh, Barrett writes us, uh, he sends us a link to a a do-it-yourself Google AI kit. And he says, I wonder if it can detect hot dogs or not hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and write film sleep repeat writes in if you're not listening to gog podcast then go subscribe they're not shy in making their tech views clear which is so damn refreshing all right
1: yes and bear the hairless wrote us great episode love the segment on sweden i agree but want to add one thought movies are the one product that we buy that come with zero return policy if it sucks tough shit any other product i can take back if it doesn't work or is just awful fix that policy I. Surely you can return a DVD, right?
0: Uh not if you've already broken the seal.
1: Really, I did not know that.
0: If you if you take off that seal, you cannot return it. Mm. Yeah,
1: well, shows how much I bought DVDs, but it doesn't matter anymore now because everybody streams it, right?
0: It's I so old school. I still buy Blu-rays. I have I have a Blu-ray collection of my like top twenty favorite movies, just oh, in case. Okay. Just in case, because <laughs> they 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 come and go on the streaming services, and if it, like you know three in the morning I want to go watch a copy of The Crow and it's not on anything. I have it, or hard boiled, or like the old John Woo classics. Those are hard to find, right? So, Ma sixty five oh two writes in, just bought something that was ten dollars and fifteen cents. handed a twenty and a quarter. The cashier gave me back the quarter. Was confused why I gave it to him. I explained slowly. Eventually, he gave me my change. Oh
1: God, people are so dumb. Uh, Nicole sends us. This sounds like a genius idea, and she links to a part of. Part Estoteric's tweet. Uh, let's face it, you've never read through the full terms of service before clicking I agree, but what if someone did it for you and gave you the gist? My Wired story on the people building the Wikipedia for terms of service. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Let's see what the lawyers think about it.
0: Yeah, and who's going to – are they going to keep up with the changes to the TOS when they come out? You know? Yeah. Master writes in, let's see, ice and wind versus traffic and earthquakes. Of course, I live in the land of lobbyists and terrible drivers, so I really shouldn't speak. And I'm sorry, but you have not seen terrible drivers yet. Come to a Southern California parking lot and just drive around. Go to a Target in Southern California. No, no, you no, no. You no. will see no, the no, no, worst no. in the world. You need to come
1: to the Santa Monica Whole Foods parking lot. Yeah,
0: that too, yeah.
1: That is the epicenter of horrible driving, and it's all Prius's. I'm
0: sorry, but I, I have to say the Target out here in the Valley, it's the one that Britney Spears used to shop at. I'm i am telling you, they'll give you a run for your money, or the Trader Joe's down the street, also bad.
1: Okay, and Bear the Hairless also chimed in on this uh, whole thing about Jason, of course, moving back to Chicago uh, eventually, and the betting pool on it. Uh, he says, if nothing else, he'll miss the pizza and beef sandwiches in under three months.
0: I never ate beef sandwiches, but the pizza I, am, I miss already. I'm just going to tell you I miss it already.
1: That's funny, because I actually have been desperately trying to get a beef sandwich, uh, and there is none to be had in West L.A. That's, I might have to go to Chicago just to get one.
0: Uh, well, just go get a French dip at Philippe's. Ah, Philippe's is crap. Uh, no, it's No, it's a good not. one. Oh, yes, oh they're fantastic. Mm. All right, the Droidian writes in, what's your favorite routing protocol and why? Plus, plus this, quantum mechanics could solve cryptography's random number problem. Well, OK, Brian, would you like to take this?
1: My favorite routing protocol is any one that actually works consistently.
0: OK, um, I'll
1: take any of them. <laughs> I just want it to fucking work.
0: OK, uh, so we've got some more comments here. This one comes in from what What the hell was this app that uh, Podbean? Podbean. That's right. Leone Poloni writes in. I've been a longtime listener and GOG is easily my favorite podcast. Um, I wanted to say the show being longer than others is one of the things I love about it. I can listen to smaller sections each night. Hope Brian is feeling well and good on him for speaking about his mental health. The more men who speak out, the better. Good luck with the move, Jason. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. I'm a goddamn hero. You know, I, I talked about it <laughs> two years ago and I didn't get crap about it, but no, Brian, Brian's like, I'm sad. And everybody's like, oh shit. Everybody, give Brian a hug, but no, guess what? I got nothing. It's probably because you call people dicks all the time. Well, if they didn't, if they weren't dicks, then I probably wouldn't have tried to kill myself. So there. Shit. Uh, we'll see. Okay. All right. Over at
1: GOG.show, we got a lot more feedback again, so thank you so much for everybody for writing us. Uh, Kate says, you guys want to pay for social media. How about mines for $5 a month, a cryptocurrency-based social no. media network? <laughs> I clicked the article on Wired, which I subscribed to on Brian's recommendation a couple of months ago. Thanks. And thought, this is the solution. And then I started reading and went, oh, no, crypto. <laughs> I can just hear you ranting about this one, but I guess you have to choose which one you are more, anti-Facebook or anti-crypto. Thanks for your wonderful podcast, Kate. Well, thank you, Kate. Yeah. Uh I will never back anything or pay for anything that is based on cryptocurrency. It's today's version of Snake Oil Salesman. Let me pay with my credit card for a few bucks a month and reach critical mass, and I'm in. So. Basically, I'm sticking with Facebook, and hopefully they'll let us pay. Yeah,
0: maybe not. Maybe. Uh, I doubt Dobby it. writes in, Hey, guys, sorry for the third message. I'll make it brief, and it's definitely a tech question. For people like myself, Minimal Tech Knowledge... Can I do a basic test if I'm being hacked by checking resources in Task Manager's Performance tab? If someone's using my system for data mining or other devious practices, will it show my system being bogged down? And how do I check what data is coming in and out of my modem? As I recall, it used to show the connection window in Windows, but maybe I made that up.
1: Yeah, uh, there's no real easy way to do this without, you know, some Pretty basic knowledge um, that you may or may not have. I would just use a reputable piece of software like Norton or something like yep. that. They're all pretty good. They will let you know. They know what they're doing. They do updates for the latest stuff that you probably won't know about. Let the professionals handle it. Jason and I both use a little snitch on our Macs to track who's trying to connect or whatever, but you kind of need to understand things at a deeper level to really understand what's going on with that.
0: Yeah. On my PC, I just, I, I, I gave it up to Norton. I'm like, I'll let you guys deal with it. I do not want to learn it. I don't care anymore. And I'm like, if it slows down, then I'll just reinstall some shit. <laughs> I give up. Yeah. I give up my Macs on the other hand. Yeah. Little snitch. And I'm, I, I know what these things are doing every second of every day.
1: Yep, exactly. Uh, Matt Z writes in, Hey guys, recent new listener and first-time commentator. Excited for my Apple iTunes reviews, which was five stars, of course. Thank you. Just wanted to stop by and say that I have been a longtime Chrome user after leaving my previous favorite, Firefox, which I chose at the time for security reasons. I have tried IE, Edge, Chrome, Firefox, and Opera. The Opera I had tried a few years ago wasn't too impressed with has been drastically improved. I would like to give you a big thank you for recommending it. I just switched today and importing all my settings from Chrome and IE was a breeze. I especially like the built-in ad blocker, which is customizable, as well as the VPN. Thanks again, guys, for all that you do. I have picked up a lot of great knowledge already from the few podcasts I've listened to so far on my daily two-hour round-trip commute. Keep up the good work. If people don't like the language, then maybe they shouldn't be subscribed to a podcast that has grumpy and old in the title. (laughs) Regards, Matt Z. Yep, Agreed. And you have followed my exact browser path as well. I went Firefox...
0: to Chrome, to Opera. Yep, Opera's fantastic. Cannot recommend it enough. Old Man Zeus writes in, Hi guys, great show. Not sure if this question is late for your Q&A. Well, yes it is, but uh, we're going to answer it anyway. Spotify, why do companies use it to advertise to people like me that have little money and use the free service? Surely the subscribers are more of a qualified prospect. Respects, Old Man Zeus.
1: Well, first off, when you subscribe, you're paying to not get the ads. Yeah, I was going to say, secondly, that's, that's
0: the main point. <laughs> that's the only reason I give them money is so I don't get any damn ads.
1: Exactly. So that's this is kind of it. And casting a wide net is kind of how advertising works. So
0: Yeah. And, you know, they have a lot of people that listen for free, and they just need some more money. <laughs> they don't care if people buy or not. That's not, yep. it's not their department if people buy. Nope. That's the advertiser's department. But, yeah, that's how that works.
1: Yep. And Charles C. writes in, Where can checks be sent to support the show? The bank has bill pay where they send a monthly check, no fees, better than Patreon. You might consider inviting experts like Dave for topics you are not well-versed in, like DNA and drones, the Academy of Model Aeronautics, and then address and whatever phone number will help
0: on the latter. From Muncie, Indiana.
1: Yep. Uh, We're happy to take money in almost any form from anyone, but are you seriously the senior citizen in front of me at the grocery store writing the check and holding up all the lines? (laughs) I appreciate your desire to support the show, but we provided tons
0: of ways to do so already, and sorry, we just can't take a check. No, no. <laughs> Thanks, though. I appreciate it. And, you know, we do have experts on the show sometimes, but uh, <laughs> nobody nobody wants to hear from experts. They just want to hear no, some crap on they, things. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, that seems to be our, our model. And,
0: and you know, it's it's, it's more participatory <laughs> if we get something wrong and people can scream at their radios at us. And then tweet at us and make us feel dumb, and that you know, that that's the interaction, that's the push and the pull that makes this show Mm -hmm. fantastic. We fuck up a lot. That's what we do. That's right. Ivor writes (laughs) in the only real sensible use for Amazon's button, Amazon fart app, is the best reason to buy an Echo button. I love it.
1: I love it too. I think uh, my kid is going to really appreciate that in about a year.
0: And I, since nobody's buying the uh, the Amazon Echo buttons, I, I've been getting emails from Amazon saying that they're like twenty five bucks off. Their, yeah, you'll be getting them for free soon with an Echo. Back. Pretty much, yeah.
1: And Cameron writes in, I recently found your show on Overcast, and I've been listening for a few months. You guys do a great job. I wanted to write in about the most recent episode that I listened to when Brian commented on his feelings lately and how he is seeking help because I'm sad, Jason, and I don't yeah. call people dicks. It takes a lot of courage to bring that up with other people, nonetheless, on a recording that is broadcast across the Internet. I respect you for that because there is a stigma around it. Most people think something is wrong with them. Thank you for your honesty. Well, I'm massively fucking depressed today, too, so I'm happy to be a goddamn hero and say it out loud.
0: Fuck up, little camper.
1: (laughs) Uh, I really, I mean, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but uh, apparently people are appreciating it, so.
0: Well, if you took the, if you took the outreach that came to me when I talked about my mental issues on the show, you would think that nobody cared, but apparently people like you a lot more than me. It's kinda like we did A-B testing, Jason. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It basically, you know, I get, you know, I had a suicide attempt and people are like, well, try again. And with Brian, they're like, oh, have a hug. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Uh, that's why I don't get the hugs, I guess. Jake mm-hmm. writes in. Hey, guys, looking at reading the Andromedian Andromedian book series by Ian Douglas and was wondering what you think. Tried your search function, but didn't find it. Thanks again. And good luck with the move, Jason. Uh Haven't read it. Never heard yep. of it.
1: That's why it's not uh, coming up in the search function. Neither of us have read it. I took a quick look at it. looks interesting. I will throw that in the queue. Cool. Uh, next up is Scott. Hey, Jason and Brian. Question about password managers. After, after someone apparently tried signing into one of my accounts from Russia, I decided to look into 1Password, but I abhor subscription models. I'd rather pay once and be done. So there are any other password managers you could recommend. Totally get it if you can't consider... If you can't, considering you are sponsored by 1Password... We're not really, we have a... No, they bought
0: one ad, so... Yeah, they bought one (laughs) ad.
1: Is there a give-them-50-and-be-done-with-it dollars option that I missed? Thanks, Scott. P.S. Keep up the long-show format. One hour simply wouldn't be enough grump. All right. Well, we like 1Password. We also abhor subscription models, but the world has moved on from what we like, and no one listens to us. And to be fair, for services like that or for Norton or for things like that, they have to do a lot of work to keep stuff working. They're rolling out new versions every year and have you pay for the updates anyways, unlike Adobe, which only moves shit around so you can't find it anymore <laughs> in their menus, and they consider that a major update. So it is what it is. Yeah, okay, but-
0: and when we when they switched over to the subscription model, I was extraordinarily pissed off. Yep. But the one thing that they do now is, that they didn't do before, like the, the apps for... The, uh, your mobile phones and stuff, they're free now. They, I think they used yep. to be paid. Yep. Um, and it was about 60 bucks a year before $65 per version and they updated every year. So you'd still be updating. I did the math on it and it's only costing a little bit more and you get more out of them. And all of their cloud stuff actually works really well. So when it comes to one password. I was pissed off at first, but then I ran the numbers, and then I stopped being pissed off and want to support them because they do a fantastic job. They're always doing updates, and you get the newest stuff as soon as it comes out, and you don't have to do anything else. So, you know, it's not like Adobe, like Brian says, who I will not pay for. Yeah. Uh, But 1Password, it's worth the money. All of the other password managers I've tried are shit, so stick with 1Password. I agree. Brian the Giants fan writes in, I know you've talked about this before. What is the best OS to run the torrent browser on? If Linux, what is the best OS to run and a good site to learn how to run it? I haven't written code since basic and punch cards, but I would like to start learning and even teaching my young teenage boys about it. Giant Giants Brian or Brian O. (laughs) Uh, I don't think there is a best one. It's just whatever one you want to use. On the Mac, I run transmission and I forget what I got on the PC, but I just searched. I did a search for best. Torrent client and grab the one that worked, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So you don't really... Nobody uses Linux for a desktop anymore, so...
1: Not really, no. Uh, David writes in, I've noticed that in Australian downloading podcasts, a lot of the non-GOG podcasts I listen to have Australian-specific advertising, yet my podcast login doesn't specify country. Do you get Canadian-slash-American-specific ads in your podcasts? I'm with PIA. Thanks, guys. So might download from an American server and see what happens. Well, I mean, it depends on the podcast and what advertising solution they're using. We don't have any geo-specific ads. We just have one read that stays in the episode at all times. But many of the larger networks, they get served ads on demand when downloaded, and they are geo-targeted. So,
0: Yeah, it's based on your IP address. And Mm -hmm. the other thing about it is if the podcast is based in Australia, they're going to have Australian-based ads. Yep, you know, we're our, most of our audience is in North America, so we get U.S. and Canada ads for the most part. Those are the people that pay us because that's where the most of our downloads come from. So, it yeah, like it, it does depend on the podcast and the ad solution, but most people don't have those uh, on the fly ad solutions. Those are usually big networks that have those because they're expensive to run.
1: That's your Adam Corollas, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. They, they do it yeah. because I anytime I'm in Toronto and I'm listening to Corolla stuff, it's all it's all based on uh, Toronto's businesses. So. There you go.
0: Mm-hmm. Mad Mike writes in, you asked for ideas when arrived in my inbox today. What's not to love about an article titled Thought Reading Machines and the Death of Love? Sounds like the title of a Philip K. Dick book. Throw in a guy with a Germanic sounding name in the first sentence talking about our Beatles, frequent references to Facebook, and cap it off with a Peter Gabriel connection. And this one has GOG written all over it. Jepson's name seems to ring a bell, but I can't remember if it's the good kind of bell or the bad kind. So I look forward <laughs> to hearing your comments.
1: Yeah, I read through this article. Uh, this is another one of these companies that does what always pisses us off. Um, they're raising money on what they could possibly, potentially, maybe possibly do in the future, very far off in the future, if things work out the way that they kind of hope they do, as opposed to what they can actually do now and uh, this 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 one sentence just killed me uh the devices could diagnose cancers as well as cardiovascular or other diseases but because the wavelength of near infrared light is smaller than a micron smaller than the smallest neuron he believes that the resolution of the technology is fine enough to make thoughts visible too what okay if you believe that fuck it we can do that too jason and i can also make things make thoughts visible so send us a few million dollars
0: yeah. hey jepson <laughs> guess
1: what i'm thinking right now and Charles writes in, Hey guys, I listened to your Q&A episode and wanted to let you know that you got the definition of AI wrong. <laughs> as the Wikipedia article says in every technology textbook I've read says, AI is just computers doing something that traditionally required human intelligence. So while AI includes things like science fiction level robots, it also includes automated tasks like driving. We very much have AI today, at least as defined by any authoritative source. I think this is something that needs clarification on a later episode. Thanks for all the great work. Let's just uh, run into the next comment because this is similar. Uh, Catherine says, Hey geeks. I'm wondering if you could clarify your definition of AI from the previous episode for my undergraduate studies. It sounds to me like you are referring to AGI artificial general intelligence. AI itself is a broad term that includes things like machine learning and decision trees. AGI is most more likely the sci-fi stuff you referred to in your recent podcast. Am I misunderstanding something? Sincerely KS. Uh, no, Catherine, you're not misunderstanding. The thing is, I've never heard of AGI before. That's new to me. I think we're just old. I'm saying that, that basically up until about five years ago, AI was AI. It was the Turing test. It was HAL. it was Skynet. Now, all of a sudden, it's a much more vague. It's b- bigger umbrella and AGI is in the mix. This never used to be.
0: I, I'm surprised you haven't heard of AGI because that's been around for a, a while now. But that is just the the specific term of yeah, that is the computer that can think like a human. But yeah, the thing is, we grew up with AI having one definition, <laughs> and yes. now you know just because it's in Wikipedia and in the current textbooks doesn't mean that that's not the definition that we grew up with. So we're going from you know 40 year, 40 plus years of going knowing what AI was yeah. based on. Our definition. So when you change the definitions, <laughs> it screws us up. We're old. We don't read these textbooks. What is that? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I think that's the only point that we've been making. And I'd like to point out to Charles that he does say authoritative sor- source. Uh, Wikipedia is very general, very vague, and hardly authoritative.
0: But he's talking about also his technology textbooks as well. So yeah, the so, thing is, so. it, <laughs> it is a term that means nothing right now. It honestly means yeah. nothing. Yes. Decision trees are not the same as machine learning, it, it, but, group, but they're grouped under the same umbrella. So right now AI means it's a useless term and that's why we like making fun of it. So, you know, you can call me Al <laughs> is just as valid as you can call me AI. Which is now our show <laughs> title. Angela writes in, found your podcast after finding the other show, which shall not be named. I know what that one is. Uh Thanks for keeping us updated on all things tech. My voice does not carry far, and I want to be sure my group can hear me. I'm looking for a portable public address system that I can use for nature tours. We usually have about 40 people at these tours in open areas, and the walk is about a mile and a half, lasts about 90 minutes to two hours, so weight is a consideration as well as volume. Thanks, guys. Well, we don't do
1: the show walking around um, <laughs> with our little portable things talking to each other. And I don't think either Jason or I know the space at all. Um Jason, you've never owned anything like this, oh, right? You know
0: what you can do, though? I mean, I'm just thinking about this. I This is the first I've read this. And I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe mm-hmm. just get a little Bluetooth speaker that you can put on your shoulder that'll last a couple hours. And you're talking to your phone when you need it to come out the speaker. And boom, there's, there's your little ghetto PA system.
1: Yep, there is a solution and I went ahead and Googled it because this is what we do for our listeners and I did a little quick research. There seems to be a pretty wide pricing difference between, between the various products out there. There are things for like 30 bucks, which is kind of like what Jason's talking about. And then there are $3,000 systems. Uh, my guess for you, the $30 option may not cut it and the 30, the $3,000 option is probably overkill. Um, but it sounds like you're, re- Already know exactly what it is you want, um, in terms of specific needs. So spend a little time looking at it. Uh, it there's a lot of and just out get there. a bullhorn
0: if if it's really that. I mean, bullhorns <laughs> still exist for a reason, you know.
1: Yes, they do. Actually, and, yeah, and they're also yes. waterproof because you're doing yes, nature walks. So, you, so and
0: we're walking, we're walking, we're stopping, we're stopping, and look over here. Yes. yes, bullhorns work. Go for that. Look, there's a mushroom over on iTunes. Filter writes in. David Bittner for president. I don't know who those other two guys are, but they really should step aside and let Dave Bittner run the show. This is a five star review over at iTunes.
1: Yes, we got another five star review from Mitch Smith247. It's a shame that Dave Bittner isn't here for this. He's getting a yeah. love fest. Um, <laughs> he says, Greek geeks gone grumpier. Love the show. Jason and Brian, along with Bittner on security, get at tech topics in a fun and enjoyable way. Plus, I can relate to their grumpiness and frustration with the dumbing down of society. I'd like to say just tech, but really, it's all of it. Bird scooters for everyone.
0: And Big Bro Racing writes in, awesome conversation about Internet and security. I've been listening to the show for about six to eight months. I've gotten my 14-year-old hooked on it. Good father sometime, I might add. I appreciate you guys share similar views on privacy, social media, and what kids and adults should and could do on the Internet. I've been in IT security for 22 years and love learning about topics I know about and don't know about. Keep up the great work and entertainment. Brian O., a lifelong and diehard Giants fan. <laughs> wow,
1: he's contacted us every way possible, and he's gotten three plugs for the damn what? Giants. Hey, man,
0: that's how you do it. You give <laughs> us money, you, you stroke our ego, and then, you know, you get you get your Giants plug. Yeah. There you go.
1: You do. There you go. If you want your question or comment read right on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support, and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review.
0: And as always, please tell your friends. <gasps> I would like to give a big shout out to Robert Fogarty, the man who does our voices behind our interstitials, and my best friend for over 20 years for being my wingman on this trip. He flew out to Chicago to hang out with me and the dogs on a drive back to help me out. And see, that's what friendship is. So that's my snap streak. You know, didn't matter into that (laughs) whatsoever. So I would like to apologize for all the dog farts because they were they were. Many and massive. So yes, I appreciate that, Mr. Fogarty. So thank you very much.
1: Yes, and it's been an interesting week for uh for people passing away. Sadly, um, none of these are our fault. None of them. We did not discuss any of these people. Uh, but a quick shout out to Harry Anderson from Night Court. Um, he was amazing. I can't believe he's passed away. Uh,
0: sixty-five. That's uh,
1: yeah, way too young.
0: Uh, I don't know if you watch Billions, but last night or on on episode four of Billions, they actually went through the age scale of what you know 20s a tragedy 20 65 is far too young yep. 70s had a good run <laughs> 85 has lived a good life 90 is like that's fantastic you know it was yeah. pretty funny so uh but yeah that, that sucks Harry yeah. Anderson was funny as hell
1: Yeah, uh, we also lost Arlie Ermey, the drill instructor from Full Metal Jacket and in a bunch of other movies. He was a great actor. Sad to see him gone. Yeah. Uh, breaking news, Avicii, who I know Jason doesn't know, but he's a huge, um, EDM guy. Uh, he's just, he's been found dead at 28 today. Uh, 28. Jesus. So. Who knows bad. what happened there? We don't know yet. Uh, and Barbara Bush passed away. And I didn't put in an article in the show notes about her passing away. I put in an article about her last night. Uh, she sipped bourbon before her death and was answering all of her phone calls. So she knew she was going. She was cool with it and uh, had went out with class.
0: Wow. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Pretty cool.
0: And uh, for everybody who's... Uh you know big bitner fans uh dave will be back next week he's at the rsa conference right now doing the meet and greet pressing the flesh
1: yep he's all over the CyberWire's uh twitter and uh, instagram feed there are pictures of dave everywhere so you can get your fill there
0: all right go get your go get your bitner fill <laughs> that's right <laughs>
1: Until next time, I'm sad Brian Schulmeister.
0: And I'm happy, Jason DeFilippo.
1: Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. Or if you'd like to give a one-time or a recurring donation to go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 256. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week.